five minutes of troubleshooting and a day later, I can now say welcome listeners to Podcast ONA. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hello. Hello, everyone out there in uh, internet listening lands. You all exist somewhere in that ether. I know you do. We will find you. We have built up a set of skills that we have built up quite considerably over the past six years, huh? Yes. And yet somehow we can never start on time. This is our curse. Oh no, literally never. Nope. Welcome to summer. It is officially summer. Woo. Yes, woo. Depending on where you live, it's either really, really hot, or it's been pissing down rain for a week. In my case, it's the latter. It's just been warm for me. Oddly, it hasn't really been either in, over here. But mm. It's just been pretty warm over here in general. Uh. Yep. Such is uh, how the weather operates. It um, can be kind of uh, f- finicky to try and tackle down. It can be a little bit. The summer season, sure... The time for things. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Just the uh, glad deep sky isn't on fire anymore. That was a rough. Oh week. yeah. I did not care for the burning sensation. Yeah. Yeah. Canada. Um. We blame you. Yeah. Yes. Not not all not all of you, but you know some of you out there. Either way, I guess this. I now understand our California brethren. Yes. Yeah, y'all have it real bad. We, I'm sorry for that, you. Yeah. Take it from a native. It, um, it's bad. I make fun of, of California a little bit, because there's a lot of different California. Like, like there are reasons to poke fun at California. Wildfires are not one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if there's anything we've learned over the last couple weeks... It's to not fuck with nature, because the orcas will attack you. <laughs> and if you're uh, somehow even dumber than that, with more money than God, you can do a quarter million dollar adventure to try and find the remnants of the Titanic and get lost, because holy crap, nobody thought this through. Ah, uh, yes, uh, they're definitely lost, but, uh, Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it's a whole well, thing and a half. Uh, these are the people who run our society. Yeah. <sighs> what a tangled web we weave in this fucking hellscape of a planet we live on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, why don't we talk about something nice for a change? Yes. Let's do that, because as uh, this is our last show before the gauntlet begins in Los Angeles, that means Anime Expo, we have an assortment of things to talk about here. We're going to start with something a little familiar, but also a little bit new. Simply, the good and the bad. And we start with the good. I don't know how many of you know this, but... um. That Across the Spider-Verse movie was pretty damn good. Uh, Very it, good. It, it, extremely. Yes. Uh, I would dare say 
better than the original, which I honestly was not expecting. I was figuring, like, okay, it might be, I was figuring, like, okay, it might still be good, but probably, like, considerably less good than the original, but, like, nope, better. I think that's the biggest thing, too, is, like, maybe there's a little bit of recency bias in my head, but it's also just, like, man... I, I said in the past, even if this movie was less good, I just want to see a movie that looks and moves like that again. Uh-huh. And not only did it move like that, it moved like that and then some. It was, as uh, the kids like to say, <clears throat> um, oh, what is it they say? Uh, Kino Lorber? Is that, is that what they say? There are very few, there are companies not companies. There are just people online who will throw out words that buzz and just use them with a reckless abandon. But the more they use them, it almost takes away from their power and like significance when you use them. So I am taking that, I am reclaiming it, and I'm going to say Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is peak fiction. Uh-huh. And it did so with a whole lot of panache and cachet. Oh, it's got cachet, baby! It's got cachet up the yin-yang! Do you know how hard it is? Because I am very cynical MCU nowadays. Oh, yeah, that I mean, that's fair, yeah. Same. I, I, like, I've had my fill, I've been out for a long time, and it's just like, I, I don't have it in me to really care. But... My biggest fear was this movie being too uh, lost up its own ass <laughs> as far as like multiversal <laughs> fan service. And it is, but also it is not because this is a very focused story. <laughs> Yeah, I think the incredible thing is, like, uh, not only does it do a good job with, like, a lot of the fanfare uh, with all the various Spider-Man media, it also uses it to prove its own point, which is also pretty incredible. It's insane that it basically takes the thesis of what is expected of a Spider-Man story and uses that as the conflict. Yeah, okay, uh, two, two things. Number one... There is no superhero fatigue. There is bad superhero fatigue. We've gotten a lot of bad movies lately, some of which are going to be considered uh, money losers. Among other uh, issues. Man, like, literally everything I hear about that Flash movie is just kind of, like, just falling down the stairs. Yeah, it, uh, it's not as bad as you think. It's actually worse. Yeah, literally every time I think like, oh, okay, man, that sounds terrible, but I can't get any words. Oh my god! I feel like the di- there's a difference between what is peak art and then what is just like gross. Mm-hmm. There is Spider Verse, and then there is the Flash. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's funny you mention the keyword art because um. Wolf just put out a 90-minute video about uh, the rise, fall, and rise again of wrestler Roman Reigns. Oh, yeah. I just watched that at work. That was... Uh, even if somebody who does not 
particularly care about wrestling, that was really interesting. Very interesting parallels in how you craft art, because in one hand, you have uh, carefully corporate-focused groups mandated cynical arts, which is not real art, and then you have art that grows naturally. You can decipher which is which. I think the thing that just kind of makes Spider-Man fantastic is that in a movie that should be like... This movie should feel like a headache. Realistically speaking, this movie should feel like an absolute like visual mess of noise. And like, look at the thing you recognize! Haha! Isn't it funny? Aren't comic books weird and strange? Laugh! Laugh at how weird and strange them are! Haha! But then... The reality is across the Spider-Verse is like, dude, comic books are fucking awesome. Dude, this stuff's great. And you know what's also really good? Character development and personal relationships and actual stakes. Because I think the thing is when you create your setting that is so big and it's like the entire multiverse will fall apart if you fuck this up. If you don't save the multiverse and stop the baddie, it's like nobody cares about the multiverse. It's too gargantuan and big and like nobody gives a shit. No, everybody cares about Miles Morales' dad and Miles Morales' very hot mom. They want them to be okay, so they are the struggle. And then the struggle comes in the conflict of in order to be a Spider-Man, you have to let your father die. Because that is expected, and that is inevitable. Yeah. Therein lies the big, I don't want to say moral message, but the big picture message of the movie. For years and years and years, we have had to rely on, quote-unquote, the canon when it comes to this character. This movie comes out and says, fuck the canon. Yeah, and uh, it's definitely very interesting to to do that with Miles Morales in particular, because uh, the internet has definitely had opinions about Miles Morales, and they they actively chose to channel that with this movie, which is, like, that's actually really brilliant. The original anomaly. This is a thesis (laughs) about, like, what is basically... How do I describe this? The people that make, like, those kinds of videos, those kinds of articles... Let's not acknowledge these cretins. No, no, they need to be acknowledged, because this movie is a violent rejection of every single one of those people. And they still don't get the message, because they're idiots. God, I'm still not over. The original Peter Park, Peter B. Parker is the original Spider-Man. It's like, you missed the point. Everybody oh, can God. wear the mask, you idiot. Yeah. Here's the thing about uh, this whole quote-unquote discourse that exists only in certain people's minds. Uh, number one, the message of anyone can wear the mask is true. We saw it in the movie. Number two, to the weirdos out there complaining about Peter B. Parker and how he's portrayed and how honestly I could pull up a, a, a whole lot of reasons why they don't like him. Uh, here's the thing about comic books. Different creators do different things. Sometimes you get a Spider-Man that's a gunslinger on a horse. 
or in a video game, or even a freaking dune buggy from Wacky Races. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, to which, uh... Yeah, yeah uh, to which, uh, given how, uh, certain events and recent cops have got, uh, definitely very nice to show Peter yeah. Parker being a happily married man in this movie. Yeah. That's nice, <laughs> you, you, you know, you can just do that. Yeah. Do you know how awesome it is to see Peter fucking Parker be a wife guy and a stay-at-home dad rocking a moo-moo? It is great. It's so good. He's literally just so child-brained now where he's like, has a million pictures of May Day and he's still sassy regardless, but he's like, hey, hold this baby. Here, trust me, it changed my life. Dude, Miles, Miles, please hold the baby. We're gonna, we'll get very, we will get closer. I promise. Hold the baby. It's like, he's so good. <sighs> that, that one scene of him and Mary Jane interacting and flirting and being a dorky couple is like, that is one of the most mind blowing things you've seen in a comic industry that has rejected the idea of Peter Parker being happy. Yeah, because, uh, Here's the thing about some of those st- those uh, ideas certain creators make. Certain creators make really bad and really stupid ideas. Cases in point. The Clone Saga, Sins Past, One More Day, One Moment in Time, and the most recent Amazing Spider-Man number 26, featuring the death of Kamala Khan. Yeah, we don't have time to go into No, we don't. Just, just know all that is stupid. On the other hand... You get a group of creators together, and they pull out something fantastic. Like, in this case, this iteration of Gwen Stacy, who is awesome. I'm sorry for forgetting his name, but Spider-Man India, who is uh, precious. I want to say it's uh, Pavati. I think it's Pavir. I, well, I, I don't have that pulled up. And let us, let us all um, bow our heads in, in the wonderment that is Spider-Punk Hobie. Okay. Um. Do you know how awesome it is that they, like, it's a focused movie, but I feel like these movies are good at knowing which are the crew, and this movie understood the assignment of who's the crew. Spider-Man India, Spider-Punk, and even Spider-Bite, which was pretty cool. Which, I saw you retweeted earlier that there was a great reading of the movie in that this movie is basically about, like, BIPOC people lifting each other up and supporting each other when white allyship is just not enough or is flimsy, which I was like, oh shit, yeah, that is... <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I saw that article, it was, yeah, that... I, I had a doubt about the movie for that, I was like, oh, wow, yeah, no, that's perfect. Because, yeah, it's like, literally, you, you... By the way, I'm just going to say this right now, Amy Pascal's a fucking liar? Just a straight-up liar. This movie was not a love triangle. What the fuck are you smoking? Mom? Well, maybe it was. Maybe that was meant to be a red herring. I, I absolutely like. I believe that this will end in some form of like Miles and Gwen relationship. I do believe that is the thing. But this movie is not about their romance at all. If anything, this movie is. About Gwen Stacy. Yeah, here's something that differentiates this movie from the first. The first was Miles' story. 
This is Gwen's story. It bookends with her uh, trying to uh, find her place in a band of sorts. I, I will say the first movie is Miles' origins and the completion of Peter B. Parker's arc. Because in this movie, his story is done. He is a passive observer. In Across the Spider-Verse, it is the continuation of Miles' story. But it is Gwen Stacy's arc. Mm-hmm. It is her development, her coming to terms, and oh man, what a good arc. And the final movie will, beyond a shadow of a doubt, conclude the Miles Morales story and his arc. Yeah, I would assume probably mostly Miles, maybe a little bit of like whatever it's going on with Miguel. Oh yeah, Miguel. Everyone simps for Miguel. Everybody's like, man, Miguel's such a hater, but also, like, it's so fucking good. It's so, like, it's so great. He looks really cool. What a great squad. Just, oh, God, I want to gush about this movie forever, but we have too much to go into. This (laughs) is fucking movies. It's so good. It's so cool. This... This is as cool as anything has ever looked, and also, the spot works. Uh-huh. This movie, I thought they showed too much. They didn't show shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, these, yeah, everything to do with the spot in the trailers, like, that was really really deceptive marketing. And it's intentionally, like, deceptive, because... To me, the spot is almost like the antithesis of what the typical MCU villain is. Because it's like, you remember in Spider-Man No Way Home, where it's like, I am Doc Ock. Ha 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 ha! Ha 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 ha! Oh wait, you're serious. That's really your name? Gosh, aren't comic books stupid? Uh... Wink! And then they kind of play into that. It's like, oh, this is just a a dude who looks like a coward Dalmatian, and he's just kind of this weird little schmuck or whatever, and it's like Miles basically pays him no mind. He's just kind of like a random villain of the week. And then the payoff of like, oh no, this is a real threat. And there is so much of this movie that is absolutely incredible, and how the fuck did they do that? Mm-hmm. How the fuck did they do the spot's final evolution? That looks incredible. I don't know, but uh, what I do know is apparently it took them three years to properly animate Hobie on twos and threes. And fours. Jesus criminy, yeah, okay. Spot's final thing kept giving me, like, Gurren Lagan anti-spiral vibes. He did, he did look like the anti-spiral shit! Oh, God. By the way, I know I'm not gonna get it. I love all the fan artists that have straight-up turned Penny Parker into, uh, Simon from Gurren Lagan. <laughs> because I love how she gets one line in this movie, and they're like, oh, no. She had her Ava arc off-screen. Well, of course she did. It was called 2020. Oh, Christ. But no, she had her art. She she was able to get exactly one line of dialogue in the movie, but they didn't want to have to pay Nicolas Cage or John Mulaney for two movies, so they're just part of the squad at the end. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, we'll probably see the back. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah. Which I, I love the squad. That is such a good squad. Yeah. Um, I actually had to see the movie twice. I didn't have to see it. I, I wanted to see it I twice. wanted to, yeah. Uh, the first time I saw it, uh, the projector died like 10 minutes in, and they had to reboot it, which was Oof. annoying. Yeah. Uh, the second time, though, I went to the IMAX theater near me, which is like an IMAX in quotation marks. And uh, apparently this was during the, the original audio mix issues run of the movie, but I was right next to the speaker, so I didn't have that problem. And I got to hear the reactions from the people toward the end. Suffice to say, uh, the surprise was, it was there. Yeah, yeah, to which I don't think I have ever, like, heard an audience scream that much when we got to, like, the do be continued bit. Like, <laughs> no, like, no, like, 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 literally everyone screamed and sing to the point I thought it was a movie. <laughs> God. Also... Shout out to apparently the that is one of my favorite like I feel like I, you knew something was coming but oh my god what the fuck it, that was such a great twist and uh, as we apparently foreshadowed like much earlier than we thought too so like oh that that I like how like some of it you could tell like uh, it's definitely a lot easier to catch upon repeat viewing but yeah hundred percent. But oh, that's such a good little. That's something they didn't even do in the comics. Apparently, like my 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 comic guy was like, "Oh man, they did an AU I've always wanted to see. I'm so glad they know and they did it." And I'm like, "That's so that's great." I didn't even know that, but that is pretty cool. Uh, it is wonderful. It's fun when it's fun when movies are fun. It's it's fun when movies are cool and like this is the movie that proves why AI art is and will always be inferior to human creativity <sighs> and ingenuity. You hear that, Disney? <sighs> See, it's meant to look uncanny because the scrolls are all uncanny. Shut the fuck up. You just didn't want to pay anybody. Uh, uh, like, uh, that hurt my eyes so much. So yeah, um... I will wait as long as this needs to. Yeah, the, the, the sequel is tentatively scheduled for release April of next year. Could get pushed back for the obvious reasons. Yeah, or because they might need more work to uh, polish it, which, hey, just like any good video game, take all the time you need to polish this to uh, be one of the best movies ranked all time on Letterboxd. Look, I got I got Spidey Two in the works. I know that's coming. That'll hold me over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'm gonna have to get a PS Five. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Well, I got mine, and uh, when Payday comes around, I'm getting Final Fantasy Sixteen. Oh my god, the game looks so pretty! I cannot wait to dive in deep into it. Uh, I want to know if it actually got banned in Saudi Arabia for the reason people were saying it did, or if that was just the internet lying to me. Uh, I will probably cave and get that eventually, but uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, good times all around. Go see the movie and uh, go buy it when it comes out so you can try and figure out how many spider people are in there down to the frame. God, that that is a movie that is meant for literal frame-by-frame pausing. 
Yeah. Also, I love... Actually, I don't know if I love or I hate, but the amount of, like, fake, oh, you missed this characters, like, people were trying to be like, oh, the Spider-Man popsicle was in the background, you just missed it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, also, the internet does some incredible work. The most cursed thing it has done, though, is, um, ship Miguel and, uh, Lego Spider-Man. <laughs> Why, why, why does that not surprise me? Like, I don't at all. want to know the context of that. Let's just move on. The context is he's his best agent and one of the few people he actually trusts. Okay, that's all I needed to know. Like that's that's all it is. That is all it is. Also, that was animated by like a fifteen-year-old kid. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Also, amazing that they managed to throw in their own little Sony like shoutouts and it didn't feel too it was just long enough without feeling too egregiously masturbatory mm-hmm. probably because you know, tr- trying to uh, cross the realms might have been a little too difficult to pull off do you think the Craven movie will be worth it probably not no they already pulled the bad bunny movie off the schedule oh yeah it's which God, even as far as, like, no-name Spider-Man villains, that's what even a lot of comic people are like, fucking who, though? Yeah, you know you know why they're doing it? As long as they keep making not-Spider-Man Spider-Man movies, they can't lose the license to Disney. I mean, Bad Bunny is, like, he could be somebody who has a presence. I saw somebody refer to the Craven movie as, quote-unquote, this generation's Morbius, and I don't understand that comic! See, I saw somebody who was like, Craven feels like a 2000s-era comic book movie. It almost feels nostalgic. And I'm like, you know, I can see it. Yeah. Anyways, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is so fucking good, and we need to talk about dumber anime news. We could gush Uh, about it forever. Also, yes... Fuck it, Gwen Stacy is trans because it makes the worst people you know mad. (laughs) Stay mad, you fucking weirdos. Go outside and touch grass and pay some bills for once, you goddamn cretins. Whether I even agree with it or not is irrelevant. The point is saying it makes people mad. It's also very refreshing to see a fucking comic book movie get banned in the regions because they're not going to compromise and get rid of a protect trans kid flag in a scene of a shot. It's it's very refreshing. Yeah, Disney would never. Disney First would gay never. kiss. Where is uh, it? Oh, God, okay. You, use ExpressVPN to get the gay back in your region. <laughs> okay, that's enough. But, uh, yeah, one last thing. Uh, it's gonna take two viewings, but you will find Metro Boomin in the movie. He literally just made his own OC. It's very he, funny. he shows up for like three seconds, but yeah, that was pretty cool. So yeah, that was the good. Now for the bad. So I'll preface this with uh, something completely unrelated. Succession. It was a show on HBO that lasted a couple seasons. It uh, built up a pretty strong cult following, airing every Sunday night for a couple years. And they ended things off with an extended-length finale episode. I think it was like a 90-minute finale that, uh, based on what I understand, because I, I, I still have to get into the show, it 
sort of tied up some loose ends and showed everybody that, uh, yes, these are, in fact, very detestable people. I bring this up because apparently the powers that be behind Demon Slayer thought it would be a really good idea to give a season that was already slogging behind a 70-minute season finale. Okay, uh, to be clear, okay, so I actually did, I mean, I was already watching the show anyway, but I actually did, like, make sure to uh, get to the finale for the purposes of this episode. Uh, specifically, it was actually 52 minutes, but boy, it felt longer than that. Well, 70 minutes with commercials, but yeah. So was there any real reason why they had to do it like this, besides a ratings grab? Oh, abs- oh absolutely not, like... The first part of the episode dragged considerably, which says a lot considering, like, this fight has been going on for, like, ten episodes. It was, like, literally every scene, it, it was, like, literally every scene in the climax of the fight felt like it had to be the biggest thing ever, even when, like, some of the most dramatic stuff ended up being a fake ad. It was, like, what was the point of even, like, so making a big deal out of it? Remember what I said across the Spider-Verse managed to avoid being too masturbatory? Mm-hmm. Yep. So Demon Slayer Swordsmith Village really seems like the coming to a head. Because even like Mugen Train and Entertainment District, it was like pacing was still weird, but it felt like there was at least enough going for it that it could still kind of work in those arc contexts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I was trying to, like I was trying to feel about Entertainment District arc, but like that at least had a few episodes that set up before the fight. This was just like it's literally been like. Literally, you had, like, I don't know, maybe, like, one or two episodes of setup, and then it just was, like, eight episodes of straight-up fighting. And one single fight at that, so it's just, like... I didn't even yeah. know it was one fight. Oh, 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 okay. Okay, 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 specifically, it's, like, one fight between, like, two villains, but so it's just, like, those two characters were eight episodes. Jesus. And this was stretched out to an 11-episode third season, and... Technically, it's 13, actually, because there's two hour-long specials. Semantics aside, Mm. I have one question to ask. What was up with the dialogue this season? Redundancy is redundant. Why did everything become so exceedingly expository? I think... I think they realize they realize their biggest market is actually school children, so I think they're just going well, to... Well, uh... uh, 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 uh look, the, the answer is very simple. If they make the dialogue really repetitive, that's, a, uh, that's not much more material that they can stretch out as long as possible, meaning they can make more money. Well, you know what that reminds me of? This. That's the level of dialogue we have here. Terrible OVAs from the 1990s. Yeah, I mean, I will at least say, like, the second half of the episode was, like, more or less fine, but mostly because it actually had some plot development, but it's like, man, it says a lot that, like, I was actually more interested in everything that was the fight. I'm just happy Zeno Robinson can finally say he's in Demon Slayer. Yeah, that is nice. Because he's been, like two to three lines of dialogue in season one and like a grunt at the end of season two or something. Oh yeah, and it's amazing because I'm pretty sure that was like slightly before his blow up too, so. Oh yeah, he he like, he, he's been doing a lot of good work for himself. Some, some of which we might 
even be talking about? Oh, yeah, we are talking about that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <sighs> so, um, yeah, the moral of the story is if you're stretching things out for the purposes of ratings, things are going to dip. And, well, th- this, this certainly was it. Yep, and it's and, and, and like I was talking about it with uh, some friends on Discord yesterday. The thing that's really frustrating about it is that like it would be one thing if it was like you know a Dragon Ball Z situation because at least with that you know you were dealing with a manga that was not completed, so of course you had to stretch things out. But the manga has like, been done since it it became a hit. Yep, literally, yeah. it's been done for a while now. There's literally no reason to do to do it this way, but they keep insisting. They so just keep doing it that way. All right, let's take some bets. When will the Demon Slayer anime actually wrap up? Give me, a, give me a year. Gonna say early twenty twenty six. Okay, early early twenty twenty six. Alex, Joe, place your bets. I'll take fall twenty twenty five. Okay, Joe. I honestly have no idea. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to tell, but um, it, I, I let's no guess is too insane. Let's go for it. Uh, I don't know. Fall twenty twenty five didn't sound like the stupidest suggestion. Okay, so we got twenty twenty five. Uh, in these two corners, uh, Jet, you're saying twenty twenty six? Yep. Okay. So. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to lose this bet completely, but fuck it. 10th anniversary of the Demon Slayer anime. Oh, 2029, baby. Let's fucking uh, go. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> we know when, quote unquote, season four is happening, it'll be coming. Uh, Do we? Soon. That's all we know. That, we know nothing, we just know it's happening. And yeah. It's like, which, the next arc is a training arc that's, I think, six to nine chapters long. So how are they going to stress that out into 13 episodes? Uh, I don't think you'll get 13 episodes, but I think you'll at least get 10. Uh, or, I guess, eight if you do hour-long specials. Uh, you know, it kind of pains me... That the show's ratings in Japan have gotten really high, because the quality does not match that height. It's good at what it does, but what it's not doing is telling it fast. Yeah, it's kind of the thing where, like, literally the production is kind of got to the point where it kind of scaled up the story. Like, like, like. The Demon Slayer is fine, but like it's it's a pretty simple story. It's not meant to be this big dramatic thing, but uh, it got popular, so now they it's, have to it is ironically making it more grandiose. Has highlighted its actual faults. Exactly. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's what's up. <sighs> Demon Slayer, uh, hundred years, hundred billion years, Morty. Oh God. Well, that was certainly a thing. And so we move on with some stories to talk about here. So, oh, uh, we're going to have a bad time. Yeah, so in the Strike Watch happening in Hollywood, while the uh, Directors Guild struck a deal, which we don't have time to get into that. It sounds like even they're not happy. Yeah, SAG-AFTRA, on the other hand, 
uh, they're prepping the tanks. We have a 97.9% strike authorization vote. And the contract yeah. ends in a couple days. It's going to end by the end of the month. So, yeah, sounds about right. That's going to be fun to deal with. Double strike. Double strike. And it's it's only getting worse. God, everything at Warner Brothers is shit. I just found out my neighbor who does, like, finance at Adult Swim just got fired today. So, yeah. Oh, God. And all the big-name directors are like, I'm sorry, did you fire everybody that's in charge of Turner Classic Movies? Uh, I really do not. I, oh, okay, no. Okay, no. Correction. I do understand why that man still has a job, but it's like someone's got to get rid of him. I would love it for Spielberg and Scorsese to use their powers for good. Just saying. I'll say this: the Flash has really highlighted that no corpse is too sacred. Could have had Batgirl, could have made some money off of it, but no. Had to put all the eggs in the failed DCEU basket. They really got the guy who killed himself because of the pressure of playing Superman to be fucking zombified. You fucking hate to see it. (sighs) It's a terrible business. Don't ever work in Hollywood, kids. Yeah, what person would work in the entertainment industry? So, uh, this ties into something else we have to talk about. Goddamn Crunchyroll! So, okay, how did this start? Well, uh, this started from Laura Post. Specifically from a new... I I will quote her directly. You may or may not have noticed that there is a, a cool new Tower of God game coming out, a mobile game. And you may or may not have noticed that the cast, full of totally awesome people who have our blessing, is different from the anime. Would you like to know why? Well, story time! First things first, as you may have noticed in the first post, all the actors involved are great people. So many people reached mm-hmm. out to the original cast when the others just went out, and every single one has the ca- original cast blessing. Support them, cheer them on. English production team, studio, director, also great. So, that, so then you may wonder, who is responsible for the situation? Well, friends, they go by the name of Crunchyroll. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, you see, when the client making the game approached the studio to begin recording the localization, Crunchyroll went directly to the client and told them they, quote, owned the voice prints, unquote, of the original cast. They do not. They went on to say that the video game client could legally not use any of the cast in the game in any capacity, not even as new characters or different characters that we originally played. We could not even audition for new or different characters. We were blacklisted. What Crunchyroll said in relation to this is completely 100% untrue. Not only did I personally review my contracts to be sure that there was no such clause, some jobs do actually have clauses where you can't perform a character outside of, of official capacity. In addition, I also had multiple lawyers look over the contract and they agreed. There is nothing in there to stop us from being part of the project, at the very least as new or different characters. 
Crunchyroll was completely out of line, not just ethically, like come on, your actors need to pay rent, but also legally. They have no ground to stand on to, pro to prohibit us from playing different or new characters, and any ground they have to prevent us from reprising is weak at best. But the damage was done, the client was too scared to get involved in an overseas legal battle, so they would not entertain the idea of including any original cast members in their game. They simply decided to do their own thing and not try to voice match us. Moral of the story? We already knew Crunchyroll was not actor-friendly, but in my opinion, this was a whole new level. They obviously have no problem going to potential future clients without your knowledge and robbing you as an actor of the opportunity to even audition for work. Personally, I will not be working with Crunchyroll on any future project without the protection of a union contract. I strongly encourage other actors thinking about working with Crunchyroll in the future to consider that as well. I've seen a few people ask reasonably, why would Crunchyroll do this? And I realized I didn't make it clear. The game is union. And, well, we all know how Crunchyroll feels about the union. So every single thing about this is wild, ridiculous, and absolutely shitty. Thanks, boy. And not legal. Very much, but it's not about whether it's legal or not. It's, if anything, this is like paying for mob protection. It's that level of, it doesn't matter if there's any ground to stand on or if they're protecting you from anything. It's an intimidation tactic to make sure you do or don't do what they say. And the reality of the situation is the company that was working on this mobile game or localizing this mobile game was way, way smaller than Crunchyroll. And this is for a goddamn mobile game, of all things. A game that may or may not even live to tell the tale in, like, two years or so. So, there's a reason I specifically mentioned the fact that, like, this came out two weeks before the release of Black Clover, Sword of the Wizard King. The reason I mentioned that in particular is because I had a revelation. I, I, it also, I also got the impression that this whole can't use your voice in any any games or other work without a saying we own the rights to that voice i think that's a recent thing that has happened post-merger and the reason that's extra ridiculous is because tower of god i think was a show way before all of that stuff during the merger so i don't think that would have even applied to the tower of god cast or any of the crunchyroll based california dubs like, yep. it feels like that was something from, like, the Dallas Funimation side of the legalese that wouldn't have applied to them even to begin with. But the threat was there, and it got them spooked to not even want to try it. And I mention this because, guess what? Everybody that needs to be back is back for Black Clover, Sword of the Wizard King. Literally everybody. And the reason I bring that up is because... Crunchyroll's not going to punch up. Are you fucking kidding me? You think they're going to pick a fight with Netflix? They're not going to bully people that are above their weight class. No, they're going to go for the pipsqueaks that they can give a wedgie and intimidate out of their lunch money. <sighs> so yeah, I'm 
but also major props to uh, Netflix and specifically Iuno Studios for getting everybody that needed to get back to Black Clover, including uh, Jeremy Kratz as the writer, as well as working with uh, Okatron 5000 to uh, record a bunch of the Dallas-based people in particular. That was pretty goddamn cool, and major respects to the studio and uh, Rachel Slotsky and all the people involved in that dub. Yep, uh, glad they were able to get everyone back. I'm yep. not going to pretend I give a shit about uh, Black Clover, but yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. This is uh, the best take we can give about Black Clover, as opposed to the possible worst take that we're not going to mention. That was so stupid. Oh, wait, what? Oh, God, I saw that. Some people on the internet have no brains at all. But Ugh. anyway, yeah, um, it's only a matter of time before a lawsuit in- inevitably happens regarding all this crap. Yeah, it definitely does feel like they're playing with fire right now. There, there is like uh, like ninety nine percent chance this will not hold up in a court of law. However, uh, this whole uh, situation has had some ramifications to other actors, namely on Marin Miller, who has announced no more raking a king's role. Quote: Personally. I recently was asked to reprise my role in Ranking the Kings and turned it down because I didn't want to experience the loss of my job in the future from these illegal, unenforceable articles in their contracts. Personally, I will never be working with Crunchyroll directly again as they recently tried to make me sign a contract that would have these unenforceable clauses that they used to intimidate the cast and crew and refused AI protections. I will not be reprising my roles. I, Marin in particular, I can't say I'm especially surprised. I've, I knew that they did, they play, the, the specific role in this context is, uh, Kage's mother, which Ranking of Kings, Treasure Chest, Courage is very much a lot of characters' arcs, including a lot of flashback stuff, which would, of course, lead to the reprisal of a character like Kage's mother, who is not around, so to speak. It's in, like, episode two, so it's not that big a deal, but you know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, it seemed very unsurprising that Marin would turn down any reprisals, if any, that they had for Crunchyroll and non-union-based work, which is, I will also say, uh, look forward to the upcoming dub of Fate, Strange Fate, Whispers of Dawn, which they will, in fact, be reprising as the role of Enkidu in a union-based production. You know how fucked up it is that I'm saying, hey, thank God Anaplex of America is still around. Uh, uh, something about a broken clock, yada, yada, yada. Weird, bizarro times we live in. But yeah, I respect uh, Marin for second to their guns. Mm-hmm. Not surprised about Loris Boast either. So uh, look forward. So expect... Uh, it's not Maki, right? It's Mai? Is it Mai? Uh, no, no, it, no, it is. Yeah, it is Maki. Okay, it's Maki Zenin. <laughs> oh, 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 wait, no, you're right. It is Maki. I was going to say, I thought Maki was a, a Laker Clark character. Yeah, but yeah, no. she, she plays no, girl yeah. with gun in Jujutsu Kaisen and probably won't be going forward. Yeah, probably not. Uh, Which, by the way, 
She played seven characters in the Tower of God dub, by the way. Just just figured I'd mention that. Uh, and yeah, that's including the other actors who have very much probably sworn off of working or reprising any uh, Crunchyroll-based productions, notably uh, Kyle McCarley and Ben Diskin, just to name a few. I'm also, this one was never a public one, but I'm pretty sure Greg Chun wasn't his character in Boon Goes Straight Dog Season 4. Um, but yeah, there's only going to be more of these going forward, and that's going to uh, get messy depending on which shows get more episodes. <sighs> Anyways, yeah. I'd like to not talk about this anymore. Okay. We, 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 we've kind of beat this bush over. We know it sucks and it's ridiculous and it's. Yeah. Um, corporate sucks. Yeah. Just, just know um, uh, this won't hold up in courts. That's if they're able to even get it in court. Somebody will. Somebody will. Okay. So we move on from one band of stupidity to another. Uh, you might recall a while back we mentioned how Serial Experiments Lane, the anime series, went open source, kind of. Yeah. It's hard to actually uh, define what that means, but um, we got something from all of this. We have here uh, an alternate reality game, an ARG, called Layer 3301 Decipher, based on the lane anime for its 25th anniversary and oh it, it involves buying NFTs gross well, that was a waste of time it really is just that level of wow that's cool that's great can't wait to have more of okay guess it's going in the trash and sadly uh, producer Yasuyuki Ueda is involved and character designer Yoshitoshi Abe uh, said this, quote, Early in production, one of our team members remarked we should design Lane's world so that whenever someone watches it, it'll feel like a near future that's just three years away. Clearly, this was set in the year 2001. Our hope <laughs> is that Serial Experiments Lane and the 25th anniversary's event invokes the Japanese Zashiki Warashi spirit, the idea that something is lurking or quietly hiding in the, sh- in the small, hollow spaces of the internet. Sometimes you might find a sign or symbol that can mean something, only to realize that it has disappeared before you know it. Naturally, this leads to buying NFTs. I mean, come on, it's a, it's a straight line with an arrow pointing to it. You can't, you can't miss it. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, it's like a level of... I'm glad I'm not in the lane lovers fandom but Ugh. man it really feels like the the creator of lane really got lost in the very thing he was preaching about happening to people in the future uh-huh. uh, yeah um just just watch the series just watch it mhm okay so uh, yeah uh don't meet your heroes, kids. They will disappoint you. But uh, we move on to uh, some video game talk. Not E3 happened a while ago, and it was... Well, not E3, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but hey, I mean, it's nice to get some kind of new 
games, you know? I mean, yeah. Something. Yeah, even if uh, most of the presentations involve uh, not gameplay for games that don't have a fucking release date, Microsoft. No game, no <laughs> hype continues to be the rules. I mean, I mean, hey, it's just like regular E3 then. Yeah, <laughs> we even had Nintendo Direct uh, a week later, which involved a couple cool things like that uh, Super Mario RPG remake, which, uh, to quote everybody's favorite wholesome, maybe Christian Nintendo Let's Play Sugar Conroy, <clears throat> Mario RPGs aren't fucking shit anymore, yes! I thought you were about to call... I thought you were straight up about to call Scott the Waz a Christian YouTuber. I'm like, what the hell are you smoking? No, that, that was from uh, his and, and, and Nintendo Capri Sun's reaction to the Direct, which... Uh, yeah, like, Chugga, I at least see the logic, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, really big... Really excited to get to play that for the first time. It's a, it's a good game. Yeah, and I do... 2D Super Mario, uh, that looks very interesting. Uh, so Definitely was not expecting Elephant Mario. So, if you want perfect definitive proof of how much Into the Spider-Verse has changed the industry, look at the new Super Mario Brothers game. That does not look like new Super Mario Brothers. That looks like something fresh and stylish in the best ways. But you end your direct on that? You know, you know what, Alex? The reason they're ending the direct on that? Because this is the end of the Switch life cycle. Yes, yeah. The fact that we did not see Prime 4 tells me, okay, that it's definitely going to be a cross-gen game for whatever oh, the next God, platform is. It's been six years! Oh, without a doubt, Prime 4 is going to be the next console. Uh, okay. Like, there's some good stuff here, but there, there is also that level of like, okay, there's nothing I, could, I would say is like a killer app. There's a lot of really cool ones, but not like killer console sellers in here either. But there's some good stuff in here. Mm. But this is very much the end of the console life cycle, and it feels it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, back to what I was trying to get to. Uh, during the uh, uh, not E3 events, uh, somebody at Atlas goofed and released <laughs> trailers for two new Persona games two days before the Microsoft Showcase, which they were going to be a part of. No, it was longer than that. I think it was on Wednesday, and then oh. the Microsoft Showcase was Sunday. Uh, yeah, we got the word that there are two new Persona games, Persona 5 Tactica, which is a tactical RPG, and Persona 3 Reload. A full-on remake of Persona 3. Basic-ass vanilla Persona 3. Okay, okay, not, so it is worth noting it's not quite that. They didn't make them clarifications. Okay, with, with a few added things. They were very bad about their PR for this, I'm not going to lie. It, it, it basically is a new revamped. Oh, it's going to have a lot of the things people want this game to have. It's just not going to have the answer, which is the one a lot of people don't like anyway. Yeah, it's not <laughs> going to have the answer, and it's not going to have female MC. That's those are the caveats. The last game she was in, they literally talk about how it's unfair that Atlas and Persona has literally just kind of forgotten about her. And that was a game that never got dubbed because it came out on the 3DS in 2019. 
Oh, God, yeah. All of the good business decisions that have been made with Persona, I think, are done with reluctance at Atlas. It's oh, because God. Sega is like, you stupid idiots can make so much fucking money! Make money, you fools! So I guess that explains why this game isn't coming to the biggest console in the world, the Nintendo Switch. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, it seemed like someone goofed and there was a Switch trailer somewhere, but uh, it didn't show up to direct for some reason, so I do wonder what's up with why that. Why do you do this, Atlas? You do this every time! I I could buy maybe this one's a little too modern HD, but it's also going to be on the PS4. Or something. Okay, I mean, okay, I mean, it doesn't look that much more. It looks to be about as powerful, maybe like slightly more than Persona Five. And a Switch could run that, so there's like there's, there's no reason they can put it. It's yeah. odd. Switch. But 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 any, but anyway, uh, because of this being a new game, we got new voice actors. This I was not expecting. So I, I will go through it in a very specific order. Try and follow my logic as I read this from Silicon Era. By the way, I also got actor credits if you need them. Uh, okay, okay, so as the player character Makoto, we have one Alex Lee. The era of fucking Alex Lee. This is his era. That is Luke in Street Fighter VI, Kaiman in Dora Hidoro, Zenitsu in Demon Slayer, and Mikey in Tokyo Revengers, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As uh, Mitsuru, we have Allegra Clark. Allegra Clark as Mitsuru, who you'll know as Beido in Genshin Impact, both Dorothea and Shamir in Fire Emblem Three Houses, Iori in 13 Sentinels, and both Adelante and Semiramis in Fate Apocrypha. Yep. All the characters she plays sound fucking hot. That's what she does. Okay, as Ken, we have one Justine Lee. I know her for exactly one other role, and it's a very different character. She is the big titty art club president in Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. That's very specific, okay. It, if you see Nagatoro, you know exactly which character. <clears throat> okay. As Shinjiro, we have Justice Slocum. This is the only person I didn't actually recognize when I saw them. I think they're in Lost Judgment. I don't know as who. Okay. Uh, as Yukari, Heather Gonzalez. Happy for Heather. She's getting a lot of big roles. Notably, she's Mineru in Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Laura S. Arcide in Trails of Cold Steel, Churchy in Fire Emblem Heroes, and because it's me, she's Sheena in Welcome to Demon School, Irmakun. If you saw Season 2, you'll know she's part of that group of characters, and she's also very cute in that. Yep. Okay, as Aegis? I guess. I guess. We have one Dawn M. Bennett. Dawn M. Bennett, who you'll know as the female Shez in Fire Emblem Three Hopes, Kale and Caulifla in Dragon Ball Super, Shizu in That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, and the legendary Tai Yamada in Zombieland Saga. Uh-huh. As Akihiko, we have Alejandro Saab. Yuri in Fire Emblem Three Houses, Leon in Pokemon Journeys, and Izumi Miyamura in Hore Mia, which season two of that soon. Very excited. Okay. Also, Sino in Genshin Impact. And yeah. another hot white haired guy in the other one, Honky Star Rail. Okay. As Fuka, we have Susie Young. Yuffie in FF7 Remake, Lena in 86, Eula in Genshin Impact, and Makima in Chainsaw Man. People worked fast on that one. That's very funny. Yeah. 
And last but certainly not least, as Junpei, Zeno Robinson. Do you know how satisfying it is to see people who have been playing the Vic Bull for as long as they have actually make a profit and win the the Vic Bull? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that is a case where I think like literally everyone guessed that correctly. Everybody on our server was like, "Oh, I hope it's Zeno Robinson." God, I hope it's Zeno Robinson. It it should be Zeno Robinson. Perfect, perfect. Vanitas in the case Sunday of Vanitas. DJ in Street Fighter Six. Fugato in Fire Emblem Engage and Hawks in My Hero Academia, just to name a fucking few. Ooh, that's a good pick for Junpei. I don't know if I'm gonna like Junpei, but goddammit, is Zeno gonna fucking help? Mm-hmm. Like, even even outside of Vic, it's just... Junpei's not great. Yeah, yeah Junpei is probably, like, my least favorite of that archetype in the Persona franchise. Ryuji oh. is the top tier of that specific archetype. Yeah. But- <laughs> Zeno will help. I think Zeno will help his charm. God, <sighs> this is this is a, a very strange and interesting fact that they're doing a full recast, but honestly... Yeah, As, yeah to which uh, there are a couple of things I wanted to point out just because I thought they were interesting. Uh, the first being that uh, if you listen to the recently released on trailer, uh, the person... Uh, I appreciate the person that is, in fact, Gary Lowenthal, who was uh, the original uh, person playing the MC. So, so fun fact about that, Jet. A friend of mine who's a bigger Persona 3 fan than I pointed out that might have been Yukari's dad in that recording. Yeah. So the fact that they got Yuri Lowenthal to play a new character is really cool if they get do that thing where they get most of the original cast as new characters except for the obvious you know which one i will be stoked so the fact that they did that they tells me that you know at the very least there is definitely not any bad blood between like the old cast of atlas which is the thing i kind of feared and at least since that is not the case it also is at least worth noting the original japanese is in fact reprisals of the original characters yes yeah uh, yeah uh, yeah, to which, uh, I mean, this has actually gotten brought up, brought up in a slightly different context before that, before now, but uh, when I was actually browsing through the ANN forums, I found a surprisingly good take on this that I think actually makes sense as to why the original cast might not have been coming back. That it might be an ageism thing. Mmm. There is some cre- credibility to that. I saw... Uh, Cassandra Morris and Michelle Ruff were actually going into that on uh, Cassandra's podcast, and it's a it's an angle that I actually hadn't even considered, but it's one of those I can't completely rule it out either. The idea that yeah. like a lot of big names in the industry grow out of the types of roles they get, despite the fact that voice acting, in theory, should make it easier for a lot of them to keep playing those characters. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Persona 3 re- uh, Reload comes out April next er- year? Early 2024. We don't early, have the ETA. 20- okay. And uh, since I have no other place to say this, in regards to what Vic's been up to lately, I say this with all the emphasis in the world. Jesus fucking Christ, son. What the fuck? 
By the way, you, you could tell when Vic actually liked a role and or it was a very popular role for him when he actually has to make a statement about uh, congratulating the new voice of a character. God. He's done it like two or three times, but that's how you know it's like, oh, that's a... Yeah. Yeah, that's that. He did it for Ro- he did it for Rohan and he did he did it for Junpei. I don't even think he knows about the live action Full Metal Alchemist. To be fair, most people don't. Fair. <laughs> That's a uh yeah. Uh, don't get involved with you know more than one woman without their consent. And uh, if you're a crazy person who thinks that you you can save him, uh, honey. That that ship sailed long ago. If you're in your sixties, I don't think there's fixing you. No, 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 no. You're too far gone. Okay, moving on to uh, less creepy things, but uh, still <laughs> kind of funny to me. <laughs> okay, I like the fact that this one. You're like, this is less creepy than Vic. I mean, yes, okay, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, not a particularly high bar, but uh. true. But you, you know, and wow, Crunchyroll is just not loading on my end. Uh, stand by. Oh, you too. Oh, okay. So it's not just me. Yeah, it wasn't loading for me either for a sec. Okay, well, I, I can sort of uh, freestyle this. So, um, Rising of the Shield Hero season two, three. No, 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 no. no. I'm leaning okay, up to you're it. Doing season two. It was. A step down from the first season from fans. Uh, for me, uh, it, it, it's boring. Uh, Zula, you're the fan here. What do you? What did you think about it? Uh, it was not interesting. Yeah, I think that that sums it up. So, um, like I, f- I think I remember seeing like there was at least like well over a million people who at least watched it on Mal, and then like the second season was like a drop off of like 550k i was like what? yeah it was uh not great but apparently plans were set in motion for for what i have deemed the shield hero goodwill redemption uh, live event tour in which they're going to be screening uh the first episode of the third season in advance in various locations around the world and in the US in Los Angeles and in Austin, Texas, for some reason. I'm surprised Austin instead of Dallas, you know, the main hub of a bunch of their dubbing stuff. Hmm. Sure. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm not really sure if I can explain exactly why it was so much less interesting than watching the first season, but, like... I I can't even, like, think of anything interesting to say about it right now. I mean, that that kind of sums it up. You just answered your own question. Like, I don't know if the only thing that that show, quote-unquote, had going for it was the whole, like... Revenge? You know... Yeah. Uh, Well, uh... I, I feel like that whole thing more or less resolved itself all within the first season, so maybe that was really all that was there. Well, remember, <laughs> Crunchyroll signed on to produce two more seasons of it, so here we so go. They're gonna keep their end of the bargain, I guess. Uh, so, uh, that that's a thing, and, uh... 
I, I'm going to guess that Crunchyroll updating their news website to fit the rest of the site broke some links. Oh, 100%. 100%. Because what Sounds can very... this company ever do right? They did board shows? Anyways, I would uh, cancel my subscription if I didn't have to actually use it for certain shows. <laughs> I have the good shows on Hulu. I don't need this fucking site. But uh, on that note, Hulu. They have things that go up every now and then, and we have some good things coming to us in the next month from, of all people, Toei. Because right, as right. of July 1st, we will have the following available on Hulu in dubbed form. Digimon Adventure 2020, Dragon Ball Kai, and Dragon Quest The Adventure of Dai. Uh, okay, guys. Guys. Yep. I, 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 I don't want to alarm anybody. I, 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 genuinely, I genuinely don't want to alarm or concern everybody, because, guys, I think Toei just made a good business decision. It is so surreal. I... I didn't think it was possible. Like, the the new Digimon, the new Dragon Quest anime, and Dragon Ball Z Kai, which has literally been nowhere, not even on the Funimation site for years. It was just exclusive to TV for a long time. Yep, it was locked to Adult Swim for a while, and then it went away because everything goes away from Like, those Blu-rays are not being circulated anymore, and it's just... There was no place to watch it. Arguably the better version of the dub. Crunchyroll's like, you could watch Dragon Ball Z. It's like, no, I don't want to fucking watch Linda Young's Frieza. I want to watch fucking Chris Aries. Rest in peace. And, and just a general better dub in, in general. And now you can. <laughs> it's going to be it's seemingly all on Hulu now. Yeah. What, what the fuck? It, it, this is good. That's genuinely good. That's genuinely great. And yeah. Yeah. I'm not used to just applauding Toei. I know, it's very weird. Oh, it's it's so weird. It's refreshing? It's yeah. refreshing. Yeah, there's also going to be a batch of sub episodes of One Piece put up there on July 1st as well. So, uh, I think that's cool. at, I think they are as far as impelled down now. Mhm. Which for context, oh, that's oh. like the 500s no, wait, not, that's like almost 500s compared to a 1,060, which, by the way, for anybody who pays attention to any voice actors online, um, the implication is that the recording is under 20 episodes away. How about that? Without going to specifics, there was a implication of somebody wrapping up on a character, and it's like, that's like 1040-something. <laughs> Does anyone know offhand what the, like, furthest out there episode that has been released in any form is? 972. Okay. Which, by the way, uh... I would like to offer a hearty fuck you to the One Piece Wikipedia because they literally said that Yamato's first debut was in, like, episode 970. Which was correct. But he doesn't actually speak for another 20 episodes. I was like, fuck you! 
That's so uh, obnoxious. I literally told somebody, oh, hey, you're going to get to hear who plays Yamato by 970. And nobody stopped me. Nobody corrected me. Oh, and they're like, I didn't know. It's the Wikipedia. Why would I check? Oh, That's a boy. That's of itself. Arguably. Uh, but eventually you want to play the good boy. I have a theory, <laughs> but it's like I don't want to jinx it until I know with certainty. In due time. In due time. Hold it! Well, not to be outdone by that, Crunchyroll announced they're going to be putting up most, not all, most of the Dragon Ball Z movies on their platform. Starting with the first bath, which you can watch uh, right now. Dead Zone, World's Strongest, Tree of Might, Lord Slug, Cooler's Revenge, Return of Cooler. Don't watch it, it's terrible. And Super Android 13. Coming up on the, tw- on the 29th of June, you will get the first Broly movie with Best Trunks. Uh, Bojack Unbound, which has Best Trunks. Uh, Broly Second Coming, which has Best Gohan. Uh, Bio Broly, which is garbage. And Fusion Reborn and Wrath of the Dragon, which can be fun in the right setting. And on July 6th, you're getting uh, Resurrection F and Dragon Ball Super Broly. We will take a look at that and see if there's been some touch-ups to that uh, particular dub track for very obvious reasons. My guess is no. But I'm crossing my fingers for yes. Come to us, Johnny. Show us what you've got, Johnny! So, uh, as we alluded to earlier, uh, Anime Expo is upon us, literally next weekend. We have the gauntlet uh, ahead of us, in which there are going to be a lot of panels to cover from just about everybody. But before then, this Monday, as in mere hours from this episode going up, we have a discotheque day stream coming your way at 9 o'clock Eastern on Monday night. We have what they call a very discotheque media summer vacation that may or may not have plastic little. And if it does, I'm going to be impressed, but also horrified. We are literally going to do a separate recording for this because Alex does not want to have a super stuffed anime expo I episode. do not want us staying up until 1 in the goddamn morning doing this. There. Jesus Christ, it's starting to feel like we're going to be recording every night. Uh, no, no. You know what? I will, I will give you props for that one. That was cute and well executed. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, uh, stay tuned for that and watch along with us. Now for some announcements and updates. We got a big one here. We got the teaser. For the live-action Netflix One Piece series. So, what are the vibes for this? Uh, I'm going yeah. to say, firstly, first, I'm going to echo something that Jet told me a few days ago, which is, August 31st feels way too soon. No, not because that implies that they need more time to make this. No, it's too soon for us to fucking deal with it. It's too soon because everybody's going to have every take, every take, every insufferable goddamn opinion on this God-given Earth. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, as for me, um, yeah, uh, I dig the vibes. Um, the uh, more I watch the trailer, the more, like, yeah, it actually seems like it could be really charming. It has color! Yeah, it has, it's a, it has color. I really, really like Luffy's actor. He seems like he has the right energy. Buggy looks uh, great, which means he looks fucking horrifying, which yeah, means he looks he look, great. He, he looks like he's ripped from Twisted Metal. He does kind of look like... <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. He kind of looks a little better than the, the new Twisted Metal show. <laughs> which, which Will Arnett is sweet tooth, okay. Uh, and, and, and also, like, man, I... I love the boats. They they all look amazing. They they genuinely built cool boats. Those are cool boats. I also love the fact that they add little details because I saw something about the Baratier having a lighthouse on the top because they're like wanted it to be like f- spotting a, a lighthouse in the middle of the ocean. So they threw a lighthouse on top of it. Like that's a cool extra detail you did not need to do. Uh, yeah, uh, they also have, uh, like, all the casual where you see the straw hats and those are from color pages. Like, that's a neat detail. So, here's the thing. This is being made by people who care. You know people who care are doing this. And it's probably going to be still a little uncanny, Still a little strange, and still something is going to be just a little off, because it is inevitable. The make or break is going to be the thing that doomed Bebop. Welcome to the ouch, uh, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, it is. You are black, and you are male. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's... I have more faith they'll curb the Whedonisms in this project. Uh, yeah, like, the, the, the equip towards the end did seem mildly concerning, but, like... It felt in character. Yeah, but it felt in character, and it did seem like, uh... I, like, I was watching Jeff Dew's reaction to the trailer, and he did make an interesting point that, like, maybe it ends up being, like, a development thing for Zora, where, like, he starts about it, but later on, like, he starts shouting his attack names, and, like, you know what? That would be a cool thing. I hope they do that. That would be charming. Uh, I will also say this. I saw people. I saw some people being like, "Oh man, Usopp doesn't have his long nose," and it's like I feel like putting a visual prosthetic on the black guy in the cast would be a a, a bad idea. So I don't blame them for getting rid of the nose. Yeah, it's a bad idea. It also be like really hard to do that in like multiple shots. It's like it's it's not worth it. Like Buggy can have the terrifying nose because he's Buggy the fucking clown. Mm-hmm. So it's got the energy, it's got the vibes. It is a confirmed for a total of eight hour long episodes. So we're going to at least. I think the implication is we are going to get to our long part. Um, yeah, yeah, we saw the Marlock Park, the Marlock Park stuff in the trailer, and they have crossed our long, so like we're at least getting to the end of East Blue. Okay, it's probably going to end on the barrel. Well, good luck, and may the uh, odds ever be in their favor. All I want is for it to get at least as far as season two, so Jamie Lee Curtis can just get the thing she is just guaranteed. Yeah, like Jamie Lee Curtis, like Areha, and. For the love of God, do 
What 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 chopper be a Muppet, please? It would be amazing. <laughs> I've been seeing that. It's like, man, I I kind of am down for the idea of Chopper being a Muppet. Oh boy. Well, uh I guess we'll have to check it out when it drops and maybe this time when we talk about it, it won't already be cancelled. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, I, I mean do you think that could Make or that can simultaneously both make or break the thing is that it is apparently the most expensive thing Netflix is like produced. So, uh, that can I do well? It feels like the level of this is not an IP you can be careless with. Like, Bebop is big, but it's like, I don't think you're going to create an international incident oh. if you fucked up Bebop the way you <laughs> will. With yeah. one of the biggest manga in the entire world. Yeah. I mean, four kids already kind of went and did their best run at <laughs> And that, look so, I mean... what happens after that. <laughs> okay, it took a lot of time and effort to come back from the four kids days. But back then, they didn't really care. And now it's like, they're, this is Oda. Oda directly on this. If you if you fuck it up, like there's, let's at least make peace with the fact they're they're never gonna get a complete adaptation. Uh, obviously not. No. I want to see if they can at least get through Alabasta. I think they can at least get through Alabasta with relative ease if they play their cards right. We shall see in due time, maybe. Or they won't, and this will have been a pointless conversation. Either way. All we can do now is wait and see what they have to show us. Anyways, who wants some smooth jazz? I do. Uh, G-Kids announced they have acquired the rights to the film uh, Blue Giant. It'll be coming to theaters later this year. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it is a movie that crosses uh, sports with jazz and is being directed by one Yuzuru Tachikawa. You'll know Tachikawa as the director of Death Parade, Decadence, and a little-known title called Mob Psycho 100. Hmm, yes. Uh, I think y'all have heard of that maybe once or twice. Man's got an incredible resume, and this movie looks Stunning. Yep. And it's being produced at the greatest studio ever made. <laughs> That's right. Studio. I God, it's just a delightful, a delightful uh name. Oh wow. I didn't actually realize the uh uh the editor for the blue giant manga is actually the one that wrote the movie's screenplay. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. This movie just looks stunning. In time. In time. Apparently it made the round to Annecy, so, you know. It feels like something that would do well at Annecy. Yeah. And they they have real jazz musicians on this, too, so. Yeah. Uh, We have another dub cast here for another G-Kids project. Lonely Castle in the Mirror, which has already came and went in theaters by now. I was not able to go see it. Obviously not, because this was recorded uh, during those and released after the run. But we have the dubcast here. I so, must a- confess, I know exactly one named actor. Yeah, we have uh, 
not not the most well-known cast to all of us, but we'll, we'll try our best. So, as uh, Kokoro, we have uh, Mika Lin. I think it's Micah. I maybe. I, I don't know. I'm terrible with names. Okay. I'm trying to find listings. IMDb, can you help me? I'm I'm going to no. at least. Uh, okay, I'm just going to straight up say I. A lot of the actors in this are appear to be child or like relatively uh-huh. younger teenage actors. Okay, so they might have some work, but like a lot of them are like child actors. Okay. Uh, well, as Wolf Queen, we have one Vivian Rutherford. Cool. I we're we're we're. All right, I'm just going to say executive call. Let's not go through their list. Let's just go through the names. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, as Aki, we have one. Uh, Giselle Fernandez, Rion, Huxley Westermeyer. I got it right this time. It's Fuka, Zoe Glick, <laughs> Subaru, Kieran Reagan, Urs, Adrian Marrero, Hardika, Riley Webb, and various other voices include the likes of Mike Nicholas, Dan Yako, Frank Sidaro, Stephanie Shea, because this is NYAP Post. They do good work, and this is being directed by the two directors who did the New Kingdom dub, actually. Uh, David Chen and Francesco Callo. They did Kingdom Season 3. <laughs> which, by the way, I will say, the one I recognized is Kieran Reagan, which... Uh, he's done a couple other notable things. Notably, he was the star in a uh, net in a Crunchyroll LA dub, uh, Say Ray Gensoki Spirit Chronicles. He's also a character in Genshin Impact. And to bring this back to a uh, relevant conversation we were having earlier, remember when we were talking about the Tower of God game? The, the main character that was originally played in the dub by Johnny Young Bosch in the mobile game, that is the character that Kieran Reagan is playing. How about that? Huh. Interesting. Yep. Figured I'd bring that up. Low round deck. But no, Kieran's an actor I at least recognize consciously. The rest of these are like younger or child actors I just do not have the knowledge of. I think I looked at Huxley, and he was like, oh yeah, there was a local production he was in of Diary of a Wimpy Kid the Musical, which is how I learned that there is a there is something called Diary of a Wimpy Kid the Musical. Yep. No, I did not go into that one as <laughs> as far as I did okay, for Death okay, Note. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I think we, yeah. Let's, let's just move on with uh, one more dub cast here. So, Zomb 100, Bucklist of the Dead, premieres uh, on July 9th on Hulu and Netflix. And we now know the English dub will be premiering on August 6th on Hulu and Netflix. So, it, this seems pretty in line with uh, Viz's dub of Bleach, The Thousand Year Blood War, actually, which basically the gap between the sub and the dub appears to be about. About four a month. Week, about, about four weeks, about a month. Yeah. As uh, Akira Tenda, we have... Hello again, Zeno Robinson. We just talked about what he was in previously, and he's very good. Yes. As Shizuka Mikazuki, we, Mikoski, I'm tongue-tied, Abby Trot. Bringing this back to the Persona conversation earlier, Abby Trot 
is the voice of Tai Takemi in Persona 5 Royal. Mm -hmm. As Kenichiro Ryuzaki, we have Xander Mobus. Wow, I could just make this all Persona if I want. Uh, Xander Mobus is fucking Joker in Persona 5. Yep. And as Beatrix Amerhauser, what a name. Hello again, Laura Post. We were just talking about her, and she's also in Persona 5 Royal as... Jet, help me, what's her name? Uh... Is it Kasumi? I think so. I think it's Kasumi? I... I think she has another name, too, and I think that's maybe a spoiler, and I don't know, because I haven't played Royal. I have also not played Royal, so... Okay, like, fuck. Anyways, yeah. she, she's the red-headed gymnastic one in Persona 5 Royal. They're all Persona people now. Yay. Mm -hmm. this, I've heard good things about this one. This one seems fun. This one seems like it'll be... Uh, Kasumi. Kasumi Yoshizawa. Thank you. Yeah. Google is the friend we all need. Appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. It'll be premiering in August on Hulu and Netflix, which is very weird to say. Summer is going to be Viz Media's biggest anime season yet, with a total of two titles. Yeah. I mean, there was a time in the, like, or really before times in my... Before times, I mean, I don't know, like 2013 or so, whatever, the end alley was. Yeah. Man, Viz really was just like a few years too early with that, weren't they? Yeah. I, I'm just glad it seems like they are potentially able to actively compete in the anime licensing sphere again. Even if not like big ones, there's at least some interesting ones here. Yeah. Neon, Neon Alley was their Marty McFly move. Guess you're not ready for it yet, but your kids are going to love it. Pretty much. Oh, man. Oh, what could have been? Oh, well. Okay, so, uh, Crunchyroll announced their uh, summer uh, simulcast lineup. It's shows we've talked about uh, several times before, and god damn it! The link's broken again. Uh, would you like the summer 23 lineup? Is that what you want? I was just going to say they got the uh, new Tony Kawa specials. They're going to start in July. And they're going to air every two weeks for eight weeks. Fair enough. Weird that they're doing it like that. I'm also told from people who have read the manga, this is probably where the manga should have ended. Like, literally what this is covering is, I'm told, is where the manga should have ended, but it kept going. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, uh, I mean, stuff that they're airing this season, we've talked about in past episodes, like, there's not much we can add to this. You got Horamiya, you got Masamune-kun's Revenge, you got Jabba's Reincarnation, you got fucking Rent-A-Girlfriend and the Vending Machine Isekai, what more do you need? Crunchy Crunchyroll was bold and brash and decided to get both Gohan shows for some reason. Because nobody else wanted them. Sounds about right. God, somebody had to, they they must have outbid somebody. The fact that that ugh, whatever. Uh I uh, I mean I can't imagine Netflix would really want them. I, it was probably Thumb and High Dive, which I'll be honest, I'm also still continuing the game of uh, Crunchyroll got a little more than I'm comfortable with. I'm getting. 
I, 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 I mean, I too to believe slash hope Pat Ive is saving the reserves when it falls. Honestly, like, they got some good stuff this season already, and they they could get at least two more, one of which is a sequel to something they already have. So that would at least be six, though I'm going to hold out hope that there's a secret. They picked up the Hiromu Arakawa anime, because that's a thing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, uh, th- th- there's that, and goddammit, this link's broken again. I'll just say it off of memory. Crunchyroll got drop, drop kick on my double season one free from Amazon jail. They have it on their website. Go watch it there if you want to see it so badly. They previously had season two and all the new stuff with it, so now they have the entirety of the drop kick on my devil series. Wow, are seriously all the Crunchyroll links just broken? <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, guess I must be having trouble. Yeah, they they updated their news site, so all the links that Alex previously had from Crunchyroll news just are not loading on our docs. Uh, yeah. They're not, even, they're not even super old links. They're like a week old. I mean, I could try... I mean, I could... Oh, wait. Oh, wow. I think I actually found the dropkick one, like, right on the front page of the new site. Oh, yeah. I, it's it's not terrible. It's it's gonna take a, a use, getting used to, though. I mean, I like it because it has a dark theme, so I'll take that. You can also put it on light theme if you are one of those people. Yeah. Okay, but, uh, yeah, all 12 episodes, uh, worldwide. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so High Dive is really riding this wave of popularity of Oshinoko, which they rightfully should. And they're parlaying that into putting Scum's Wish on High Dive, dub and sub. So, I said this before briefly, but it's that level of, I continue to be happy whenever I see something that left High Dive is added back, but then it brings the question of, wait, that got removed off of High Dive every single time. So yeah, I'm glad that Scum's Wish is getting promoted. You can now watch it legally on streaming. Uh, you can check out the sub and the English dub. And that people will use the fact that this was the Scum's Wish artist previous manga as a springboard to check out this series. Because, man, if you like hot messes, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, glad to see that. Uh, really hoping we get Ushi Otori soon. Yeah, that's another one of those, wow, I can't believe there's not Ushi Otori anymore. They probably have the rights to these. It's very much a game of drip feed adding all the things that they dropped streaming rights. So it's it, there's, there's a bunch that are going to get added back soon. Yep. Yay for more. Yay for more indeed. Okay. Speaking of more, kind of, I think, uh, Kanekawa announced that the creative team behind Pompo the Cinephile are working on a new project under project codename Wasted Chef. I believe Pompo the Cinephile was uh, also um, a product, it was an adaptation, and I believe this is this team's first original work. Mm-hmm. I believe that was the implication. Yep. It also, they're also bringing in uh, Shingo Adachi for character design and Kenta Matsukama for music, who also did music for the movie. So yeah, Sh- Shingo Adachi you'll know as the character designer for a bunch of A One Picture stuff like Sword Art Online and Wagnaria, 
but most notably as the director to the surprise smash hits, Licorice Recoil. Yep. And Kenta Matsukama, who has done uh, Kamen Rider Black Sun alongside uh, Pompo the Cinephile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, excited to see this team, because everything I've seen of Pompo just seems very cool and promising, so excited to see them come back and do a thing. Yeah. Now we get to a big slate of stuff from Viz. They announced a lot of books coming out in uh, the spring of next year. God, what did they announce? I remember there was a Viz thing, but I actually don't remember all the titles. Well, we're gonna go. I through remember them. a couple because they're things I'm actually interested in. Okay, yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go through them. First is Marriage Toxin. This one I know you're excited about, Jet. Um. Not uh, not as excited as another one we'll get to, but like yeah, it's what I've been reading for a little bit. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty enjoyable. It is about a it's about a dude from a family of assassins who is uh, tasked with getting married, and and trying to find a suitable and trying to find a suitor, uh, very specifically so his uh, sister doesn't have to break break up with her girlfriend, which is you know respect, respect, uh, yeah. <laughs> And so yeah, uh, hijinks and Sue, It's um, it's a it's been a pretty fun read. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Okay, we have here uh, what's this called? In the name of the Mermaid Princess. This one sounds pretty interesting, and this one I believe is part of their shoujo beat. What happens if a mermaid princess doesn't have to give up her special abilities for love? Get a good movie out of it? Maybe. Maybe. Okay, we have here... I want to end this love game. I have heard this one described as Diet Kaguya-sama. That's what it looks like to me. And that seems to be the consensus. So this one's... You're probably going to get a cute little rom-com there, but it's probably not going to be as batshit insane. Yeah, it doesn't seem quite as funny either. Uh, I mean, it seems. I could take. But, uh, I could yeah. take cute, even if it's not a gut buster. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we have here. Look at this! Another Junji Ito title. So, so a buddy of mine. Uh, uh, okay, this is called Stitches. Stitches, illustrated by Junji Ito. So a buddy of mine did a count of all of the Junji Ito things, and I think we are down to, like, maybe three or four remaining Junji Ito things that are unlicensed. So it's 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 whittling down to single digits. I pose this question. Does Uzumaki make it this year? Ooh, uh, I'm gonna say ooh. I want to say yes. I I'm I'm honestly feeling more like early next year. I feel like it, I don't think they're going to be able to hold it off any longer, especially with how cutthroat everything's been with Warner Brothers Discovery. I almost feel like Oh uh, yeah, 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 that is a good point. Uh I feel like even if they want to give it a little more time, I think enough time has been spent that it's probably still looking pretty good. But I I don't think they have as much time of leeway as they do they did prior. Ugh. 
That's unfortunate. Okay, next up here... Delta episode! Pokemon Adventures Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Oh, oh, so, oh cool. So, oh, cool. Uh, more of the Adventures manga storyline. I have definitely not gotten that far, but uh, that seems interesting. <laughs> I like the Ruby and Sapphire stuff, so uh, yeah. cool to get more of that. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, next up here... The Complete Pokemon Pocket Guide. And it's already irrelevant. Yeah, it only covers up to Gen 8. Yeah, that's the... It's cool that this is getting licensed, but it's one of those, the more they make Pokemon, the more it's unfortunate that these are going to continue to be up. Yeah, and and it's only the first of two, and it's only half of that, so this only covers up to uh, Sinnoh, I believe. I believe the current number is 1,006. Yeah. Yeah. Really, it's amazing we got past 1,000 already. Yep. It's cool, but, I mean, you know, Bulbapedia is right there, and it's free. It, this is, it's for kids. It doesn't really matter. I it's know. Not, it's not I for know. the snobs who know or care. It, this is for Scholastic Book Fairs. And yet. Moving on. Uh, Gokura Kugai. I hope I said that right. You probably did it, but it doesn't matter. This one's pretty cool. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, this one's pretty cool. A uh, nice little supernatural action manga, but the most amazing thing—the <laughs> thing that, that the thing that is the thing that, in my opinion, has risen this manga to stardom. Alex, would you like to know what the like monsters in this series are called? What would they be, Jet? They are called, and I am absolutely not kidding. They are called MAGA. M. They are spelt M A G A MAGA. Oh. <laughs> It it is comp- the best part is you can tell this was completely unintentional. Th- this is not like a political manga at all. This is basically it's basically like a fucking like it's kind of a little bit of Black Lagoon, but also like sort of like supernatural, sort of like Blue Exorcist kind of too. Hmm. But like the supernatural beings are called MAGA. So there are so many unintentionally hilarious lines. Specifically because they are MAGA. And the main character is half human, half MAGA. (laughs) And they literally are like, just because you are part MAGA does not inherently mean you are a bad person. It is what you do with that power that chooses whether you are a good person or not. Like that, that's, that's basically just actual dialogue I just gave you. It's great. Oh boy. Also, the main lady is fucking fine. <laughs> okay, next up here. Tokyo These Days. This is an interesting title. Um, yeah, uh, seems cute. Eisner Award winner Taya Matsumoto brings us, brings us a touching new story of the inescapable bonds between manga readers, their editors, art, and life itself as told from the perspective of a disgraced manga editor. You know what happens when you have a bird editor? They take a shit all over your manuscript. I think this is about real people, but the fact that there's just a bird on the cover, I'm like, is is that the editor? Did did he just take a shit all over the manuscript? I think that's just a story of B-Stars waiting to happen. Okay, okay. 
Oh, I wasn't even meaning about the content. I just mean like an actual... Uh, anyways. Anyways. Uh, next is Jujutsu Kaisen, the official character guide. Cool. 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 Oh, no. I guess that's out of date, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, also has an interview between uh, Gigi Akutami and Tite Kubo. That's cool. Good for them. Good for yeah. them. Yeah. Right, next up here, Splatoon Three Splatlands, another Splatoon manga. Yes, it's a real thing. There's a lot of Splatoon manga. Splatoon's big. Yeah. And it at least is a good popular video game that does not look like it is a fucking money laundering scheme. <laughs> Alex, do we have that in here? Uh, be more specific, please. Ninjala? Oh, oh, yeah, that's on High Dive if you want to watch it. Okay, yeah, so I discovered, like, High Dive just like, oh, yeah, we're just adding the Ninjala anime, which I'm like, wait, there's a Ninjala anime? Yes, there is. It's been running since January 2022. It's got 70-plus episodes. It's being directed by Mamoru Kanbe, who did The Promised Neverland? And Kyaru Pamu Pamu is doing the opening? Uh, yeah, I like I was aware it existed, but, uh, yeah. You also didn't know it was still going. No, 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 no I knew it was still going, because I didn't know who was directing it. That's yeah, it's Mamoru Kanbe. Which, there are two ways to interpret that. Whichever one you think works better for you is, is correct. Might as well be. Okay, uh, we have a Viz Originals title here. Status Royale, all about eSports. Sounds cool. I like the art, and the art seems to be somebody who knows how to do the cute gay stuff. So, good for them. Mm. Let's hope. That's cool. Okay. What's next here? Uh, Steel of the Celestial Shadows. This looks dramatic as hell. But I like that cover a lot. Yeah, that is a very nice cover. A down and out samurai who can't even hold a sword enters a strange world of magic searching for honor and redemption. Vague, but color me intrigued. Mm, okay. Alright. My name is Shingo, the perfect edition. Horror manga. Classic horror manga. Mm-hmm. And it's not a Juji Ito. Yeah, uh, yeah, but like the arts are late next to the All right, now uh, this next one is the one I'm actually the most interested okay, in. Okay, we have Boggy Lumiere Magical Girls Incorporated. This looks fun. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, this is what I've been reading for a while. It is uh, it's literally about uh, what if being a magical girl with an office job. Incredible. Love it. Love, love, love it. I've heard good things about this one too. Oh uh, yeah, uh, it, yeah, um, yeah. It's been up. Yeah, it's been on the Manga Plus app for a while. It's a it's a pretty fun read. All right, next up here, Snowballers. I've heard good things about this one too. Young mecha pilot Tetsuo survives the last great battle against an alien horde. He awakens from his escape pod on Earth eight years later to a world in ruins and frozen beneath a blanket of ice. Man, that Futurama reboot's gonna be wild. Yeah. Which, that's also next month, by the way. Yep. 
Okay, we have here Kimi no Tadoke from me to you, Soulmate. And this is how I learned that there's a uh, Kimi ni Todoke sequel manga. So, hey, it's her in college. Good stuff. Coolness. I'm still waiting to check out that eventual other thing that we don't know about, allegedly. Mm. By the way, my favorite thing during all this in a deleted tweet where they accidentally posted this next one with the same description as the Kimi, Kimi ni Todoke sequel. Which is very, which was very funny because it's fucking Boichi's uncanny art style. Uh, yeah, we have next here One Piece Ace's story, the manga, drawn by the guy who does Doctor Stone, who has a very distinct art style that is not always everybody's cup of tea. Yep. Uh. Okay, and from the Food Wars team, we have One Piece. Shokugeki no Sanji. I'm shocked this is only coming out now. This feels like something that would have come out a long time ago. So yeah, this is all this is like various one-shots of Sanji done by the Food Wars team. It covers pretty much throughout the entirety of his journey from his time of, on the uh Baratier to Alabasta to his two-year training arc to Wano. Neato. And finally, digitally, Earth Child. Boy, uh, boy, this one had a very strange saga. Oh, if if you want to talk about, like, an incredible first... If you want to talk about incredible one-shot, like, chapter one, genuinely incredible gradually loses my ability to care throughout the entirety as it get as it gets along because it, it 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 i stuck with it for the entirety but like once you hit like chapter 13 14 or so i was just like uh, it, 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 it felt like yeah like it had a really strong opener and then like they did not know where to go with it after that. It felt like every chapter had to be a big dramatic cliffhanger, and it's like that. That's, that's it only works so long if you don't have a payoff. Every, if everything's a cliffhanger, you need you need some chapters that are just quiet time or like. Yeah, it also like the bagel they decided to go with after the first after all. This kind of felt kind of weird, considering how the first chapter ended. It's very strange. It felt like it, it. What they eventually do took a little too long, and by that point, it was too late. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's a pretty solid uh, viz slate of things, and there are still more things to come at Anime Expo. Mm-hmm. One of which we may or may not have known about already from a fucking uh. Well, we'll get to that next time, maybe. Yeah, okay. Alright, so, uh, we also got word that uh, coming very soon, maybe, will be a new Macross animation project from Sunrise. Do- uh, it- this feels like a match made in heaven, because you've got Sunrise Mecha, as well as Sunrise Love Live. That's just Macross. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, really seems perfect. I 
I hope we get it over here this time. I think we will. It feels like we're gonna. Mm-hmm. Let's hope. And uh, to, go, to uh, follow that up with more Macross stuff, we heard from Robert Woodhead from Animigo. There will be a Kickstarter project for a fancy release for Macross 2 with details coming at Oticon. You love to see it. Mm-hmm. Hey, I really do hope we get uh, more updates on the background stuff that Bright Stuff did. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. I, I know it's going to take some time, but like, I, I, you got to work something out, Sony. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah. All right, and finally here, uh, this just came to us before we started recording. Shin Kamen Rider, the film from Hideaki Anno, will be coming to Amazon Prime Video on July 21st. Yeah, so Amazon seems to like Hideaki Anno in particular. That's pretty wild. I, I don't think I was expecting this one to be a fucking a- uh, Amazon global release. I don't expect a dub, but crazier things have happened. Hmm. Would be cool. Yep, it would be. Yeah, no, this is a pleasant surprise, and yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, so, oh, okay, I actually didn't know that was just announced today, but uh, just because it's a thing I care about... Uh, Tudacha apparently announced uh, they picked up a little manga called Tepu, which, uh... uh, Tepu's the one where it's, like, cool punch girls fighting each other, and I know uh, Super Eyepatch Wolf made a video about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so them very much announcing that they just got this, and they're putting it out, is like, what? Okay, cool, what, what? When did this happen? Uh, yeah, people have been asking for that. Yeah, people have been asking for that one for a long time, so, uh, yeah. I think I saw that it was digital only. No, 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 it's actually getting physicals, I think. Actually, play- hang on, I need to double check. I'm just going off a tweet I happened to see, I don't know. Uh, it's OSASG, uh, are up at, is it digital? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they seem like digital friends, but you know what, I'll take that. Okay, so it might just be digital for now, but... Fuck it. I think that is the first official uh, version of that. That might mean that does wind up on K-Manga, if that means anything, which I'm still tr- I'm does. still trying. <laughs> I'm still trying with Skip and Lo... I'm, I've been reading uh, uh, Sweat and Soap, which is actually really good. And it's nice to be reading a manga that is about adults and adult relationships, which is about healthy communication and like acting like adults and having sexual relations like adults. And then reading it, and then K Manga gives me a pop up going, "Hey, if you like this, we think you're really gonna like rent a girlfriend." It's like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> Don't lie to me. I literally saw an account I follow be like, I. Sp- I wasted 99 points to see Kazuma fucking go to chat GPT and figure out how to get a girlfriend. Uh, I mean, it's believable. Like, that is the state of affairs. Do you know how bad you are that even, like, the fed-up otaku are like, God, this sucks so bad. 
Good <clears throat> Lord above. Well, on that note, let's round this show out and talk about some home video releases, of which we have two slates. Hey! There will probably be more after the show is done recording, but it's all we have right now. So, cool. Discotech's August 29th releases, we have an SD set of Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs. The one with Peter Cullen, right? Among other people, yes. Hey. Yeah, we have Common Rider Black RX. Naisu. Naisu, Naisu. Yeah. Magical Girl Lyrical Nanoha Reflection. New movies, cool. they decide not to dub those, but it's like, ah, eh, whatever. It's- yeah. Cromarty High School. Getting a Blu-ray re-release, which that's a very, that's a good one to get a re-release. Cromarty High is fucking wacky. Mm-hmm. And re-cutie honey. Oh man, this one looks really good and the dub sounds great. Oh, this looks so good after a res. It looks so good. Yep. <laughs> and from Crunchyroll in September, we have another very miss laid with maybe an interesting addendum. There's some interesting things in here that we will discuss. Yeah. Okay. So first, on September 5th, Shinobi no Itoki. I didn't watch this one. I know it starred Howard Wang, and I heard it was just okay. Yeah. And we have The Girl from the Other Side, the OVA series. I've heard very good things about this, and I have just yet to watch it. I also need to get around to that. Yep. September 12th, we have part three of season 13 of One Piece. God, the the physical releases are so far behind, it's wild. They're getting there. On September 19th, first, we have a maimed warrior at the borderline. This is the new series from Sunrise Beyond, formerly known as Zebek. That's got, like, two seasons and was dubbed at NYAV Post. Mm Mm-hmm. The interesting thing here... Yes? Both seasons, a.k.a. both cores of 24 episodes, are on this Blu-ray. Yes, you get the whole show for uh, the same price as a show that has half that many episodes. Yeah. Funny how that works. Funny how- Take it and like it! Funny how that works. I mean, it's, it's been fucking long enough. And <laughs> let's get to this next thing. Yeah, the next thing here is... With an L.E. Season 2 of ReZero. Yeah, speaking of... If it's been a long while... Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely nice to see specifically a pre-merger show out on disc. It's mm. also got a limited edition, and it also has both halves of season two, so this is 25 episodes. Did they happen to mention if it's going to have the special or two that they dubbed? I don't whatever? think it will. All it says here... Uh, Promo videos, commercials, textless songs. But hey, you're getting an art book and postcards and vinyl stickers that some people put on their cars. Look, the fact that this is even coming out is uh, is still nice. How long ago was season two? Uh, three years. 
That is way too long. I wonder long. if they f- figured out how to uh, make Blu-rays for the show yet. So, fun fact. I literally have... I have a list of all the Crunchyroll dub stuff prior to the merger. So, uh-huh. now that we've got ReZero Season 2, that just leaves... Isekai Cheat Magician, Magical Senpai. If it's for my daughter, I'd even defeat the Demon Lord. High School Prodigies have it easy in another world. Didn't I say to make my abilities average in the next life? The Eighth Son, are you kidding me? I'm a spider, so what? The Hidden Dungeon, only I can enter. Who Go Straight Dogs 1, Tokyo Revengers, 2 Year Eternity, 86. Don't toy with me, Miss Nagatoro. Odd Taxi, I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my levels. Welcome up to Demon School, Irmakun Season 2. Say Reagan Soki, Spirit Chronicles, My Next Life is Villainous Season 2. Battle Game in 5 Seconds, The World's Finest Assassin, Reincarnated Aristocrat, The Fair Paladin, Sakagon, the strongest stage with the weakest crest, love a kill in the land of Lee Dale and Orient. Good fuck. Yeah. Ugh. So we're making progress. Cool. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, and uh, Licorice of Krill got pushed back to um, the 19th of September as well. It got pushed back a month for some reason. I think it's because uh, that and the uh, Engage Kiss were the same month? They were the same day. Okay, yeah, that's stupid. Even for Anaplex, they realize, uh, yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, I can't help but, like, reflect and laugh at the fact that even with all these company mergers and they bought fucking right stuff, their releases... <laughs> it's just laughable. Yeah, and it's really amazing how... It's really amazing that if anything it has slowed down, which is, like... <sighs> insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they wouldn't they wouldn't even catch up if they sped up. The fact that they have slowed down to like yeah. a Sentai's pace is incredible. Yeah, and it's a bit, yeah, and it's, it's like they're literally getting more stuff. So like yeah. Everybody's gonna be happy about that. <sighs> Moving on to our last thing, and this is certainly least. On September 26th, we have Season 2 of Rent-A-Girlfriend. And in the distance, you can hear everybody at Sentai laughing at their misfortune. I mean, it feels like one of those, like... It's been very clear that they don't really give a shit about the the company consistency anymore, yeah. but I guess rip and piss if you bought the, the LE. I, I, I mean, at the same time, you can't help but think they're going... Oh no, we can't release Rent Rent a Girlfriend anymore. That this is so terrible. Okay, whatever. Let's go to lunch, guys. I mean, it probably made some money. But it probably yeah. did well. But for it's Rent a Girlfriend season two of all things. I had an epiphany the other day when I was thinking about it. The fact that everybody hates Rent a Girlfriend, but it's one of the most popular things on Kodansha's manga app. Rent-A-Girlfriend is the Velma of the manga world. The what? The Velma. (sighs) You know, you're not wrong, but I still want to punch you for that. That's fair. For a minute, I was just thinking of the character and was really confused. And then I remembered that awful show that I still haven't made myself watch any of. It's that level of, like... It's succeeding on a hate engagement exclusive. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, it's probably it's probably succeeding on both hate and a bunch of people just watching it in silence or 
Probably a bunch of horny dudes just watching it in silence. Or, or they're like, it's a sunk cost fallacy of like, this is a train wreck. I need to keep seeing how it derails. Like, as I was telling you, the latest chapter, he literally just uses chat GPT to figure out how to get the girlfriend. I think the author knows. Because if he doesn't, what the fuck is wrong, man? That would mean someone's starting with endurance. It feels like a, a con. It must be. Or that's what you tell yourself at night to, to believe in hope. Mm. Taste. Yeah, so, um... There you go for any of you who want to keep buying the show. You can? I'm Good happy for, for you? you? Just look, look. Crunchyroll, just give me fucking Irmacoon Season 2, okay? Just, just fucking give me Season 2 and Season 3. Uh, uh, I would very much like 86 on disc. It's, you know, the last thing Billy Kamen's worked on. It would be nice to have it. I'm going to assume that at least several of the things that I listed out to you very fastly will be put out on home video, but they're going to be through Anime Limited. That would honestly check out. <sighs> There's a really stupid joke here about Crunchyroll not putting out. Oh, come on. I God, how long ago did I throw out the fucking handjob uh, analogy? Man, uh, Ugh. Uh, uh, more, uh, man, I just had to curse. I just had to, well, I don't even know if it's cursed now, but it's like, I just thought, like, man, we're probably going to get to the point where Anime Limited is going to release on time, so that's going to be feel very embarrassing. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, I mean, they're already putting out the first season of Tonakawa, which is already a Crunchyroll original. <sighs> and a place further than the universe, which they paid for their own dub. So, like, uh, at this point, fuck it, I don't give a shit. Anime Limited, do what you gotta do. Just give me a fucking pre-order for a place further than the universe, goddammit! In time! In time! Alright, I, th I think it's about time to call it. Yeah. yeah, I think I'll do it. So, any final words before we head out of here and prepare for the gauntlet? Uh... Go see Spider-Verse, and if you've already seen it, go see it again. I might. Yeah, my cat, uh, my cat agrees with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely a better uh, use of your time and money than that other superhero thing. So, uh, mm. yeah, go see Spider-Verse. Yeah. You want to come over here and say that, buddy? <laughs> well, I come bearing one bit of news before we leave. Over in the UK, you can buy on Blu-ray all of the 1997 Berserk series. Uh, some people get all the luck. It's gotta be a matter of time, right? It just released uh, this month. It's got. It's. It's only. It's gotta be a matter of time, man. Under fifty pounds. Okay. I. Okay, I mean, like if. Netflix release it everywhere else in here. It means someone has to have it here. We might even talk about it next week. Maybe. Epic foreshadowing. <laughs> we know nothing. Anyways, you want to see me tempt fate? You want to see me do it again? Uh, I think I'll do it. So, uh, I'll do it. Thank you for listening to this. This is the podcast only. We hope we'll come back next time for 
Those are gauntlets, which may or may not be two episodes, depending on how deep it goes. So uh, until then, let the preparations commence. We've got a lot of work ahead of us. All right. You better tune in, motherfuckers. For more tales of interest. Or not. Or not.